I'm Maddie. I'm Ryan, and welcome to The Mutant Ages, a, a podcast where we go back and we review every single episode of every iteration of the X-Men ever, yeah. which was going to stay to animated series, but may not. It it's may a, branch it's out. official? Can we announce this? We're going to review the live-action X-Men movie after we complete yeah. season one of yep. X-Men the Animated Series. Yeah, so surprise, everyone. Surprise! I think what, <laughs> <laughs> this is your gift, Wolverine's coming out of the present in a thon. Also, Hugh Emma Jackman Frost. Hugh Jackman is, is yeah. arriving. In a... Hugh Jackman is going to be a special guest star on our show. He's really excited about it. Yeah, I just meant he's arriving figuratively, but you're right. That was kind of misleading. Um... Oh, I guess you could have said he's coming. <laughs> oh, oh, dirty. Back when we were young, we experienced a change. We felt a So officially, I think what we're deciding is that there's so many seasons of all these X-Men cartoons that like we're going to watch one movie between each season. Yeah. And it's kind of a weird way to go about it because the seasons are all completely different in length. So we might change that later on and, and yeah. just sort of distribute the live action movies at various points. But I think it'll be fun for people to hear us do a live action movie review. So right. we'll do and one. Unfortunately, there's only been two X-Men movies ever made. Mm -hmm. That's a great point. It'll actually be really easy for us to distribute those. <laughs> yeah, we can actually do it in one sitting. Oh, oh, but what about Logan? That's that a good counts. movie. That, yeah, they, did, okay. they did finally Pretty make much, a third X-Men movie. We, okay, we do need to... <laughs> We, I, I really do want to like watch X Men Origins and X Men Three so we can like tear them apart and mm -hmm. maybe throw them into a grill and pour pour Plus, oil on them and hit them an with a truck. For me to finally watch all the other live action Wolverine movies that you love and that I've never gotten around to. Yeah, you really need to get on that. Anyway, the point is that's actually not what this show normally is. Normally, we watch an episode of the animated series and we talk about how it compares to the comics, and that's what this week is. We just watched the episode of X Men. The animated series that's called Days of Future Past Part One, and predictably, it's about the Days of Future Past comic book storyline. But there's some differences. There's some differences. <laughs> there's it's some not... oversimplifications <laughs> that I occur. Have to, you know, it's a very casual retelling of it's, Days of Future it Past. It's, it's so like rushed. so. It's rushed, but it's also sort of like everything just sort of happens like on the on the side, pretty casually. Like yeah. When I say it's rushed, I more mean that because it's a 20 minute episode and they're like trying to cover a lot of ground, there's like no time for any one plot point to be explained. It's just like immediately the next thing happens. I mean, we'll get to it, but it's like I, each scene is really short. I, I found that very surprising. I was also surprised at 
like how good the dialogue kind of carried its way through to tell this story that barely makes any sense. Well, there were um, lines I liked, but there were also moments that I didn't like. Maybe I mean, I we disagree about an episode. Well, <gasps> <laughs> uh we're gonna have to like break up there's gonna be no more episodes after this you won't even know what happens in part two because i'm just that's gonna right leave. i'll never know what happens in days of future past part two an nope. episode i've it's never seen been, definitely not multiple times yep i know <laughs> this okay so the days of future past storyline is the one where wolverine and kitty pride are in the future mm-hmm. this is the com- i should clarify yeah, yeah, this, the is, real this is the one. comic the real book story. version or at least yeah. the comic book i shouldn't say real there's multiple versions of it i mean i guess at this point there are it's been around for so long but this is the storyline in which the sentinels have taken over earth and they're like imprisoning both humans and mutants and mm-hmm. killing everybody and throwing them into concentration ch- camps so like it just goes all terminator mm-hmm. and that's the story in which wolverine and Kitty are trying to get away, and Kitty Pride gets sent back in time into her childhood body to warn everyone about what's going to happen. But that's not the story we're telling here. Kitty Pride's not in this. Jubilee doesn't even substitute in for Kitty Pride. In fact, they just do like the Bishop story and just sort of like throw that into the Days of Future Past storyline. Mm-hmm. Like this, this is Bishop's origin story to the T of the comic book, but it pretty much doesn't ha- like have anything to do with that particular telling of days of future past so and if you've seen the movie uh you're gonna be even more confused so or maybe less confused because this is like a really wolverine centric episode so i could kind of understand how they might have watched these episodes and been like wouldn't it be cool if our adaptation of days of future past had like a lot more wolverine in it i mean hugh jackman's really popular so i I mean mean, wolverine isn't the one who travels back in time that that has been changed but you know what i'm you know what i mean like when they adapted the live action movie they were like let's make it a wolverine story and this episode is mostly a wolverine story yeah in which it features wolverine's butt traveling back in time only well because we have past wolverine and future wolverine so we get like two butts we get to see how it aged we get to see what happened to it yeah we get to we take a microscope to it and we just like have to take measurements and like it's all for science past wolverine gets to check out future wolverine's butt and make his own judgment calls about it in an I important mean, honestly, board meeting it's wolverine and he's probably just gonna fuck himself he doesn't get the opportunity to though because he doesn't even if he was sent back in time, I guess he would just be sent into his own body. They don't explain that in this episode. Also, you by know the what? Way. None of this is in this episode. <laughs> well, well, I'm just talking about the live action version. But yeah, anyway, yeah. Um, so okay, so that's not what's happening. in This we're doing. It's Bishop's story. It's kind of a mashup of Bishop's story and Days of Future Past. Yeah, I mean, you'll see if you if you've stuck around this long. You might have turned it off by now because you're like, can they start the show? So previously on the X-Men, like way, way, way previously. It shows us clips of like every the, episode. Yeah, basically. It shows us clips of episodes that were ages ago. So like, remember how we had like a lady president and remember how she was defunding the Sentinel program and was opposed to the Mutant Registration Act. And remember how Senator Kelly was also running for office in opposition to her on like a big anti-mutant platform we and are also re- reminded of all of those things yeah 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 and also remember magneto and remember guy and trask going mm-hmm. overseas and imprisoning 
mutants to build giant robots that eventually were going to turn into the Terminator. Mm -hmm. Do you remember the X-Men fighting Sentinels? Because they want us to remember that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's our previous on the X-Men recap, according to the show. Although in the last episode, we just did the Apocalypse storyline. Yeah, which is now completely irrelevant. Like, it's never, it's not even a factor in this episode at all. I mean, I guess Apocalypse was trying to take over the world and then flew away in a spaceship. That's what I got from that. Also, Warren and Rogue have started their own, like, emo drama club. And they're just reciting poetry in the dark on a stage by themselves. Yeah, Rogue has an evil side to her, although it doesn't necessarily come up in this episode. But, yeah. I mean... It could have. It it kind of does in the final scene, but we can get to that. All right, um, so let's start the episode. Are you ready, Maddie? <laughs> are you ready? Ba-bum. Are, are That's you my ready drum. for a super dramatic shot of the Statue of Liberty like rotting away and looking like it's crying because of the way that its eyes are animated? I actually really liked this opening sequence. I, I was like, going to say the that fucking the fucking cool, futuristic, dilapidated, post-apocalyptic New York City. I, I, was, I thought it looked really well drawn and cool. I was going to say the same thing. It looked like it was much like it was animated and colored better than the rest of the episode where all these opening shots I mean, mm-hmm. they're beautiful shots if i, mean, I, can I think get they spent a lot of time them, on this because they're like yeah. really setting the scene it's it's one of the stronger parts of the episode is this really just moody opening and i also wrote down that i really liked the the futuristic techno song that plays during this opening battle that's about to happen i don't remember any of that it was but... so neat i was just like i think they composed like a sort of future techno song just to accompany this one battle because i didn't recognize it as any of the other music from the rest of the show so i thought that was this cool. is one of those things you do because you're a musician so you <laughs> recognize... i'm always noticing the musical stings that they use and being like wow cool musical sting you're anyway. like in this scene they just were hitting a xylophone and this <laughs> it was the same song but then they hit a triangle at the end well i notice if it's different i mean a lot of times they use variations on the main theme song which everyone knows and they'll they'll kind of like nobody's heard that song little interstitial music that's like a version of that but this time they like wrote a future song so props to them um anyway so we see these mutants running through the street and they're escaping sentinels which we recognize because we've seen Sentinels before. They're yeah. like these fucking huge purple robots that they are... look like like Lego men just clomping through the middle of the street. Yeah, I mean, like they're not that scary, but they're still it's it's kind of scary as far as this show goes, because the city, I mean, New York looks like shit. Like it's the streets are abandoned. It, it, all we can see are these two massive robots trying to kill these other two mutants who are running around. Right. Um, we see the words X-Men like spray painted to the wall like right? in the form of graffiti i don't know as who if, these two as, mutants are by the way they, i don't know i didn't bother looking it up but i was gonna say with the x-men graffiti it's almost like political like don't say those words it's like the names of like a vigilante group still but like mm-hmm. forbidden like you're not supposed to believe in the x-men type of thing yeah it's cool i mean there's it's just a neat opening um and then who should arrive on the scene but old wolverine <laughs> i mean old ish he kind of looks the same except he has, he has like longer hair and it's kind of like grayer also he's got like a rogue streak going on mm-hmm. he's kind of i mean he's older but he's still like in shape kind of i mean the whole episode is like old wolverine being like what you think i'm too old i mean like i think we are supposed to think that he's old I mean, but... he, he says that like 85 times I and know. he also keeps being like oh 
I used to be able to fight these things just fine. I'm get, I must be losing my touch or something. Yeah, that's what he says in this first scene. He like starts attacking the sentinel and like flying around with his claws out. And it's pretty cool. And he's like, I used to fight these guys back in the day. And it's like, well, you know, Wolverine, we've seen those episodes and you weren't that good at it. But sure, let's just let's just inflate I mean, the there's, past. There's the whole thing where he like just didn't show up to battle. Yeah, like, like mostly he was just standing around letting Morph take a hit for him. Like, did Wolverine even ever fight the Sentinels? Maybe he no. does it later. Anyway, and then anyway. so they kind of. I guess they defeat these Sentinels mostly, but then Bishop shows up and Bishop is basically like this futuristic <laughs> bounty hunter. And yeah, he's on like a hover car. It's like the it's one, the no, it's like the one from the back from the future. Like that's what he's writing. It's yeah, just yeah, a yeah. hoverboard. He, and he's got like a crazy weapon and stuff and he looks cool. Bishop is cool. He's like, yeah. But yeah, he's, 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 he's kind of a jerk in this. I don't know. We can get to it. But he's got this M tattoo on his on his face. Yeah, because he's been branded as a mutant mm -hmm. uh, because they brand the ones that work for them. Uh, so they can still identify them as new mutants, even though they have like, I don't know, computer programs that can barely scan them to do that. Also, like he like Bishop shoots everyone down. And he's kind of being a dick. Yeah, I mean Bishop is working for the man. Like that. This is our introduction to Bishop. Is that he's like a bounty hunter essentially. I mean he's he's a tracker. He's yeah. tracking down mutants and rebel mutants and and kidnapping them and taking them to the Sentinels to be put in internment camps. Right. Which is like pretty fucked up actually. <laughs> so. I mean it is. I mean he's just look. He's just cares about what he wants apparently. So then we have Wolverine, who we get a shot of him looking like directly at Bishop's cock for like a full minute. Yeah, there's a lot of Wolverine Bishop slash. Happening. I mean, I thought I was imagining it, but I felt like it was. I mean, I'm sure it wasn't animated on purpose this way, but there was definitely a lot of times where the perspective lined up where Wolverine's like looking. He's right a short at Bishop's guy. Cock. <laughs> Bishop's a tall He's not guy. That short, like <laughs> <laughs> Wolverine's like at least five foot something. What happens? Because a bishop takes them all captive and they all pass out and they wake up and they're like in bishops like weird floating motorcycle thing. And yeah. it's got like and nets Wolverine over and them. Bishop have like a little conversation where Wolverine is like, you know, eventually they're going to take you in too. It, you're a mutant and you're never going to escape. And Bishop is like. I do just fine and I work for them and I've got this little card and every time a robot scans it, he just lets me go through and it's all good. Nothing bad's yeah. ever happened to me. Yeah, Bishop's basically the only people <laughs> who get hurt are you idiots that keep on attacking the this Sentinels. This was one of the scenes that I was just like, I feel like they could have just written that one part a little bit better because what <laughs> happens instantly, like within like, I don't know, five seconds of that conversation, the sentinel that's nearest to Bishop scans Bishop's card and then is like, quota met, Bishop, now it's time for you to be a slave. Like, he just, like, completely flips the switch and is like, fuck you, Bishop, now you don't work for us anymore and you are a captive. And Bishop is like... Oh no! The I thing wasn't Wolverine expecting this twist. Just told me what happened. Instantly <laughs> if occurred. If only anyone said anything <laughs> at all. If anyway, only, if only anyone had said something extremely recently to me that might have changed my mind. Like I feel like the way that you rewrite this is just maybe you you have Bishop 
maybe agree with Wolverine or like seem scared. I mean, you know maybe what I mean? Like, right. It's a bishop isn't being an asshole. I don't know. Well, yeah, I mean, like he's make also him hesitant. Around. Like make him make him have some moral dilemmas or something. Like give him like a line where he's like He just doesn't give a shit. He's like, I don't care that all you mutants are dying. It's your own fault anyway because you're mutants. And Wolverine's like, what the you're fuck does that even mutant, mean? Idiot. Like, <laughs> like what are you what are you doing? It's just it's kind of crappy and it's also like not super great optic optics to have the one character of color be the one who's like i'm gonna join the bad guys wait i fucked up and okay bishop is kind of an idiot in this episode i'm know, just gonna go I, out on a, a lawn i'm well, not even gonna go on a limb i'm gonna go idiot. on like a diving platform and say he's an idiot in this <laughs> he's i mean you're right i was gonna say he wasn't that bad but i'm thinking back on it and you're right but he's definitely an idiot for these first 30 seconds where he like doesn't listen to wolverine then it turns out wolverine is right which like fine well, right. like no fucking duh he's right <laughs> Like they're these are giant massive robots that are like planning to kill all mutants. What did you think yeah, it like, was going to be okay? Yeah, like did Bishop really think that this was like job security in the apocalypse? <laughs> like did he really think this was going to pan out? He does. Yeah, apparently. I mean, what, what is money in this world? Because at some point he's just waving a credit card around in the air and he's like, "Okay, pay me," and they just like blow it out of his hands. And I'm like, do they have working machines? Because as far yeah, as I like, can tell, yeah, like do they like, even have like food? Like how do they are people, have what ATMs? Are people purchasing? Like. like do businesses exist? Like, is there something that you could buy? Is this like buy? some credit card that he like pulled out of the dumpster and is like waving it around? Oh, are you talking about his magic little card that he shows the robots that like has a holographic image of himself on it? That card? Oh, yeah, that one. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that's a credit I don't know card what's or like an identification card or what. But anyway, they destroy it because they are taking get Bishop captive, which right, also, it's... by the way, makes no sense because why would they have a quota? Like Bishop is working for them. Like, why wouldn't they just keep him working for that? Like, I didn't. I, I mean, I guess they could have explained that maybe he captured Wolverine and they're like, well, with Wolverine out of the picture, I, I don't, we don't know. Really but for whatever reason, they turn on Bishop, even though Bishop was told, you know, seconds ago that it would happen. He didn't believe it. Oh, God. Um, Wolverine has a great line there, though, where he goes, So what do you think of their new retirement plan? rookie and bishop yeah. was like shut up old man like, <laughs> i did like that line um and also wolverine has some good lines in this he does and as they're like walking down the street being trailed by the robots who now have them all and also is like basically. stopping goofily behind them they're like they're just like being taken away as slaves yeah, and like the fucking robots are like boom, boom this is what boom. i mean when this show when i say that this episode moves like almost too fast because it has to establish like 12 things really quickly so like as they're walking down the street they just happen to pass by a bunch of graves like they don't pass a graveyard they just pass a bunch of graves that are just like specifically there. like just four graves specifically there specifically four graves that are of the x-men and yeah like, it's like cyclops rogue storm and then jubilee and it like pans in on jubilee and it's like da -da -dun. yeah and it's sad because you can see the years they died and jubilee died like before anyone else which i thought was right. an interesting touch that they I like included that i mean i didn't sad. even think about that because i don't the problem with this episode is that i don't even when it was airing in the 90s like I guess it was happening in the 90s. I'm not sure. But watching it now, it's like since we're in the years that like supposedly Jubilee died in 2010. 2010 it's yeah. now 2017. So like when is this taking place is the real question. Yeah, I don't know. I like what year do they go back to? They actually specifically don't say. Right. Like, they don't. And since Wolverine is like ageless, it could be like 100 years into the future. We don't know. Yeah. So 
I know. You're right. We don't know what year in the 90s they go back to, and we also don't know what year this is. It's both. It's. I actually didn't mind that it was left vague, though, because I didn't want to be sitting there doing the math. I don't know. Yeah, you're right. Okay, so anyway, Wolverine and Bishop and these two mutants suddenly like turn on the Sentinels and start fighting them. Like, yeah, almost I immediately. this was because it's supposed to be like, Wolverine looks at these graves that just happened to conveniently be there, and then he's like, "Now I remember that I'm supposed to give a shit about fighting." Yeah, like for one of the, the other mutants X-Men. justly is like, "Wolverine, the mission." And he's like, "I know," but like almost immediately, like, oh, Sentinel picks him up and starts like squeezing him sexually. I don't know if you felt that way, but I was like, <laughs> "What is happening?" Like, there's a lot, but also this other robot called Nimrod is referred to, but possibly not shown in this scene yet but they like scream about that briefly and then <laughs> they just scream nimrod they basically do wolverine says party's over someone invited nimrod I, uh, yeah i know and his name is nimrod yeah, i mean I imagine know. speaking of going to a party imagine like you know you're like saying that your friend nimrod is coming over like there's I mean, nobody nimrod that's is gonna just be a word that means idiot now like yeah why it meant idiot in the 90s when this air that's when it was called all right you know what guys i don't know the history of the use of the word nimrod like i don't know when that began but i did i did think it was like weird that the most evil terrifying robot is named (laughs) Nimrod. Nimrod. and like i did remember that i like remember nimrod but i just it's just really really strange because it like doesn't really hold up now to have all these characters be like talking to nimrod and like we're supposed to take it seriously katie calling me nimrod like our our other childhood best friend we would call each other nimrods in middle school that's like a thing (laughs) anyway okay so anyway his name is is nimrod and he's the kid that you don't want to have come to the party but he has to go anyway and he just like everybody avoids them anyway Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, all these mutants, or at least Wolverine and Bishop, get to this sort of rebel base. All of this happens so fast. I don't know. They and get then, to this rebel base and Forge is there. Yeah, fucking Forge is there. And I was really excited about that because I do like Forge. He's yeah, not Forge on my top cool. 20 like, but he's still pretty cool. He is so. cool. And so Forge has a time machine and it turns out that the mission that the other mutants were referring to is that Wolverine is going to go back in time and try to prevent all of this Sentinel bullshit from happening, which is right. like the Days of Future Past plot essentially is like pretty much they need to stop it assassination and they don't say what it is or who commits the assassination but they just forge is basically like reminding wolverine like you have to stop the assassination and wolverine looks at this little picture on a watch that he has that's a professor x so it's sort of like implied that maybe professor x is involved in the assassination in some way but we don't know we don't get that information we don't Um, and forge does sort of explain how the time machine works by uh saying a bunch of words that don't make any kind of well, sense he's like, like sci-fi bullshit i know he was he like the fort- i don't even know what he says he says like, something if you like wear this watch then you won't be ripped apart in time and I like mean, you're right basically that that's he has like, to keep the watch on while he's time traveling that's know. like the translation of what's happening but what he said was something like the vortex manipulator condenser <laughs> will manipulate the atoms of the, the temporal stream yeah, the temporal that was another word oh my god so, and i was like none of this it's like when apocalypse was talking in the last episode and i was just like these he's just talking he's well, not saying anything that makes had any to, sense like, invent some science i actually didn't mind that because i was like all right it's a time i travel. mean to be fair it's sort of like they're working with science that doesn't actually exist of course. yet so like what are they going they can't like come up with a plausible way that the time machine works like also, there isn't one they keep on referring to the assassination as like 
the assassination of yeah. the 90s and i'm yeah, like which sounds so goofy to me it because does. they're like they're like oh shit nimrod is coming we have to go back to the assassination of the 90s like, and i'm no like no one would say that back no to the one... 90s nimrod is coming it like sounded, no shit it sounded like they were talking about the assassination of the decade the 90s i mean is that how you interpreted it because yeah, I was like, I, well, I interpreted it as like a '90s party is happening. Like, yeah, the assassination. <laughs> it's it's the hit party of 1993. Right, because I was a teenager in the '90s. So come on. I mean, I guess if you say assassination, people automatically assume it's a political figure because like that's what the word assassination means. But they still don't tell you anyway. No, they don't. Uh, and as they're getting ready to jump into this time machine, we get a really nice shot of both Wolverine and Bishop's butts, like <laughs> yeah. perfectly outlined. I screen capped it and put it on my Twitter if you guys I really want to find it. I mean, they're both wearing it. their skin tight outfits. Like they're both yeah, wearing I, their costumes. I appreciated that. Like after we got Rogue's shot of her vagina, we got like at least Wolverine Bishop's butt <laughs> as as like a retaliation to that. Almost, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, in your book, maybe. Anyway, so Bishop just has decided all of a sudden to go whole hog into the rebel. Thing. right okay which doesn't i wrote this down because i was like what why is first of all bishop says he doesn't believe any of this shit will work yeah. and then wolverine like is like well i could go back and stop the assassination and wolverine picks up a gun and i'm then i'm like why does wolverine need a gun he can kill everybody with his bare hands and then bishop's like do you really think you'll be able to pull the trigger and i'm like yeah because he's fucking wolverine he murders people all the time well, and then wolverine's the just why like they're saying that is because they're implying that it's going to be one of wolverine's friends like it's yeah. going to be one of the x-men and so they're like wolverine is too close to i mean the, i mean i guess it's, it's a conversation it's... that goes by way too fast i i totally agree like it it should have been explained more but i did at least get like okay wolverine is too close to this he shouldn't be the one being sent back but why the fuck would you pick bishop a guy none of them know who up until two minutes ago was working for the robots okay no it gets even didn't better give because, a shit about mutants at all right because like that's when bishop is like no wolverine can't go i have to go in his place and i was like for the reasons you just said of where i'm like he was your enemy two seconds ago working for the robots now he's gonna go back in time after he said he doesn't said he didn't believe in time travel yeah what is his inspiration to suddenly join the rebels or give a shit about any of this is it because he like suddenly realized that like was he I mean, really like that much just... of a loner that he like you know like he was working for the sentinels and like he's like just surviving that way and when they turned on him he just needs to quickly turn to the next thing i don't know but i it... don't know either and the only way it works is if you just assume that bishop was secretly in love with wolverine this entire time and they've just had like a lengthy will they won't they catch and I, release cat and mouse sex thing and you, for like the well, past for several like, years and we just haven't gotten to see all of that right, happening just, and even in that moment like, they're just like giggling and like running after each other trying to slap each other's butt with so towels and for just like can somebody get into the portal so we don't die <laughs> yeah so then for some reason for some reason bishop ends up doing it and there's really no logical reason behind that but like he takes the watch he puts on the the little pink watch thingy and gets in the portal and like after he gets into the portal and he's going back in time nimrod shows up and he's like this white and pink robot he doesn't even look like scary at all like he he's smaller than all the other sentinels and he just looks like a floody yeah, he's like, like normal human sized yeah and, he's like a floating little simon thing like like, I don't know. Like, I don't know what to describe him as other than like that 80s robot that everyone had that you put like the cards into and it would like quiz you. I forget what it's called. I don't, do you even know what I'm talking about? I don't. But you can put a picture on our Twitter. Does Follow anybody in the show the know what I'm talking about? It's a I'm robot. Sure everyone but me does. It sounds well, that's great. what it looks like, except pink. 
And so then Bishop jumps into the time portal and we get like a carnival ride of him like twirling around. Yeah, he's like falling through space and then somehow the robot, somehow Nimrod follows him. Well, we don't know that yet. Well, it's kind of implied, like it's implied that like shit is going wrong. But then like after falling through a carnival of colors, Bishop suddenly wakes up and he's in a dilapidated alley and he's he's like, oh, I guess I'm. I'm fine and I didn't go back in time because he's still in like a shitty looking part of town. So he thinks he's still in shitty New York. Um, Okay. That made me laugh so hard because (laughs) he like popped out and he's like, oh shit, it didn't work. Everything's terrible. But then he sees some kids playing and then he's he's like, like, kids, children playing. And then he goes outside and it just turns out that New York is just shitty looking, apparently. <laughs> I, I kind of like that too. Like, what part like there's did he really fall no into? difference between New York now and New York in this like terrifying future, except that children play outside in the daylight now, <laughs> as opposed show. to the future where everyone's killed by robots, but there's no other real difference. I mean, I like how that's a commentary on like New York's crappy looking, but I was also like, New York's kind of nice. I don't know where where this is. Being. I mean, it like, depends he on like, where you are, right? Maybe I fell mean, in um you know hell's kitchen yeah, i mean that's why the only why didn't he show up in like 42nd street and just like check <laughs> yeah, out but... check out all the like really sparkly tourist friendly parts of new york yeah, that he are just, like, like clean and don't smell like pee <laughs> and he fell into like times square and he's like oh i better go catch a broadway show uh, <laughs> i mean then he would have immediately like, figured out what was happening i have to go see cats I don't even know where I'm going with that. That's like a joke that doesn't really make any sense. So we're just going to move on to the next thing. Um. So then Bishop gets on a bus with his huge no, gun. No, no, you just like jumped ahead because like there's this whole thing where he like runs into a building and he's like, I don't remember who I am. Oh, yeah, For some reason, right. he's like, I don't remember who I am or what I'm supposed to be doing here. He's like, I forgot everything. And he I looks didn't at understand his- that. Why did he forget everything? I don't know. And then he looks at his little watch, and for some reason, it's just like assassination, or like it shows a little X on the X mansion. He's like, I guess this was where I have to go. Yeah, and then and somebody like, I walks remember by. before he went back in time, Forge was like, just look at the watch, and the watch will tell you what to do. And the watch is completely fucking unhelpful because the watch <laughs> just... shows a picture of like six hundred characters, and it's like kill, kill. <laughs> and Bishop is like, I guess I'm supposed to kill all the X Men. <laughs> i know and so also <laughs> like... a, a woman is walking by and she's like ho- with her kid and she's holding a video game of the punisher and she's like yeah are you ready to play your new nintendo game assassin and i was like <laughs> what the fuck and then, like as bishop hears the word assassin he literally remembers he's supposed to stop an assassination it's like he can't remember things until he sees them it's really i know dumb. it's really weird and also in this universe apparently the punisher who is like a vigilante that runs around killing people is like somebody who gets his own like merchandise yeah <laughs> like imagine the only if that one. happened in real life i mean like who knows what would what our lives would be like if superheroes were actually real like would we make video games about i mean them? call of duty exists so probably yeah you're right like i mean call of you duty is like based on wars <laughs> yeah. like, you're just i mean like... it's not based off on a specific person necessarily but like no it... i mean i think you're right like it uh, sometimes it is though like sometimes right. there are video games that are based on specific conflicts with real yeah, or like people. assassin's creed i don't know all right so yeah, assassin's creed is real it's 100 percent real and so are aliens anyway <laughs> um so then we see you're right i skipped this scene um there's this random scene where rogue and gambit go and visit beast in jail guys remember beast who's in jail still even yeah. though he could leave at any time and he's just choosing not to this is like a 
it's such a weird situation because Rogue hands him a book and it's like, a, I think it's called You Can't Go Home Again. Yeah. And like, Rogue's just like, I figured you read it already, but the cover looked good. And I'm like, there's nothing on the cover. Yeah, it's, it's just, just the text. title. There's zero images. There's nothing. I don't know. I mean, and then I'm like, Rogue, can you read or do you think that's a picture? <laughs> like, I don't know. They could have at least put a picture on the cover or something. I, I know. She's just like looking at these letters and she's like, Wow, these pictures look great. Wow, this and title's like, really grabbing my attention. I can't stop looking at it. it. Well, that's because I don't get attention from anywhere else. And these weird-looking symbol things, oh, they didn't teach us much <laughs> down in the South in the bio. Like, <laughs> Meanwhile, Gambit, I mean, did Gambit pick out the book? Because his retort is, like, if you're picking out a book for me, just buy the books with the most dust on them. I don't like, know. Okay, he's just, Gambit. like, sitting there I being... I thought that was funny. <laughs> he's just sort of being an asshole. Also, the books were written by Thomas Wolfe, which yeah, is just a fun side note for us us and uh so gambit gets all pissed though because he's like you know you can just leave anytime you want and beast is like no we have to go through the justice system and gambit's like what if i just blow up the whole jail cell and beast is like no no we have to follow this way and so gambit starts freaking out because he's been in this cell for too long so beast walks over and just like bends the bars apart to let him leave and like puts them back which makes me wonder does anybody know that they're visiting beast or do they just show up and yeah, like I let themselves too. in i thought they might have because like rogue has super strength so they could have just like flown there on their own snuck into the jail cell visited beast and now they're just gonna go home like, yeah that's I mean, entirely possible because there's no logical reason why they would be inside of his cell and like as opposed to like in a visiting room, you know? Yeah. And so I figured they were just breaking in there and Gambit just like started getting stir crazy. And after he leaves, Beast Rogue is like, what's his problem? And Beast is like, everyone has his or own or her own demons to battle. And Gambit was in jail that one time. So that's probably what it is. I mean, Gambit is a criminal. Yeah. All right. All right so gambit leaves and then it cuts back to bishop who's like i gotta go on a mission he just walks onto a bus with a massive gun and of course everybody <laughs> goes screaming and running off of it because this dude just showed up with, like a fucking machine gun funny. i thought like... it was too and then he like commandeers the bus and just drives crazily through the streets of new york like just hitting other cars <sighs> yeah. it was and it, it, the scene just transitions over to the x-mansion this made me laugh so hard because <laughs> jubilee you know, is just like lounging in front of a bunch of view screens and like apparently jubilee's in charge of security at the x mansion by the way because like i don't i don't know because she, she's like really funny about it too it's like she's playing a video game yeah and so she's just like security check everything clear and then immediately she sees like bishop drive through the gates of the x mansion it is charging toward the mansion and, and like jubilee's like uh creepy dude in sector g i don't know what the hell sector g is i guess the front yard like <laughs> and the bishop drives the fucking bus through the front doors of the x mansion i was laughing really hard at all this because i was like holy shit this it is was like really a comedy at this point and then like he just jumps out of the bus and screams assassins i know because he storm and cyclops go to meet him and like face off against this this guy who they don't know who it is he's just like trying to kill them what the fuck is happening and then and he can't fight him for some reason like storm and cyclops with the gun like with these beams and then jubilee is like the only one who thinks to shoot him with his her powers and actually does stun him for a second like she's like like what yeah jubilee actually nails this fight because cyclops and storm get immediately knocked out and 
and Jubilee shows up and like saves them essentially. Yeah, and then Wolverine jump like jumps out of a shadow as Wolverine does, like waiting for somebody to be like, "I wish Wolverine was here," and he's like, <laughs> "I am here," and, and then like, he like jumps out of the magically shadows. says the exact same line that he says in, in the every future. episode. No, no, he says the oh, line. Oh no, to, you're right. Um, God, he I can't says, remember what he it says, is. He says. He jumps on top of Bishop to like fuck him, and he's mm-hmm. like, "I'll remember this rookie." As he like <laughs> unwields his and then claws. Bishop has like a flashback to Wolverine in the future saying, "I'll remember this rookie." While they butt fucked before, and he's like, know, "Oh my god, comes... it's you! It's Wolverine! I and know then it you!" Comes back, and he's like, "Says it again." He's like, "I'll remember you, rookie!" And, <laughs> and I'm it's like, like, "Oh my god!" Repeated like sixty times, like as yeah, that's they're the making whole episode. Out. Like what? Like like going to fight Nimrod later. He's like, "I'll remember rookie, this rookie." rookie. He's like eating dinner and like cutting it part of steak. He's like, I'll remember this rookie. He's taking a shower, playing with a rubber duck. I'll remember. Because, like, why does he, why that line? Like, why is that the line that they chose to have him say? Because Wolverine doesn't even know Bushop here. Like, why is he saying that to this complete (laughs) fucking strange? I I think he's going to remember killing him. I think that's what he remembers, but it doesn't matter. He doesn't know Bishop, so why does he think that Bishop is a rookie at anything? I don't know. Because maybe Wolverine just assumes everybody who's not him is a rookie. I guess. I mean, Wolverine kind of is like, He's kind of got an inflated ego where he's well, yeah, like, but it's kind of like I'm the best weird... at what there is and, and what I do and this and that and what I am, but I hate what I am, but I'm the best at what I am and what I do and I hate what I... It's like fucking rogue. <laughs> yeah. So, so anyway, they finally knock him out and then Professor X finally shows up. Oh my God. And his, Xavier quickly hovers in and I laughed. I, I laughed and then also was simultaneously angry because his line Same. is like, I know. Wolverine, don't. Killing him won't answer any, answer of, any of my, my questions. questions. I and I was exactly like... That's like because it's all about you, Xavier. That is exactly what I said as well. Xavier is just like a fucking douchebag. He's like, hold on, everyone needs to think about me right now, and it's like, <laughs> calm down. I hate him. So anyway, suddenly it's the Xavier show because he's like, excuse me, but I need to take Bishop into my private room where we're gonna put Cerebro on him, and I'm gonna look at his mind. And this is my mansion, so we're gonna do what I want. It's my birthday, and I'll cry if I want to. <laughs> and everyone is like this is our boss for some reason um <laughs> yeah and, and i love i love that line too where he's like putting on cerebro and fucking like xavier like asks he's like i hope you don't mind if i go into your mind and bishop's like do i have a, I have fucking a choice? choice like yeah. uh, what the fuck i loved that too and meanwhile jubilee was like playing with some wires and she says like what did she say i think i wrote it down too um she's like this arm thing he's really weird or whatever. i can't figure out how to cross patch it and I'm yeah. like, okay, so apparently Jubilee's the only person in this entire mansion that knows how to do anything with computers, like, at all. Yeah, apparently so. <laughs> and meanwhile, Cyclops and Jean are looking at the gun, and, like, honestly, it just looks like a normal gun, but Cyclops is like, if this is the future weaponry, then we're fucked. And I know, like, and it, all, like it doesn't even look away. like a gun. It looks like a fucking, like, price scanner or fucking, like, stop and shop, and I'm like, Yeah, what? and Jean is like, it's a good thing the gun was on stun. If it was on kill, it could have killed us. And I'm like, yeah, fucking duh, Jean. All right, thanks for the input. <laughs> so then Xavier puts Cerebro on and he like uses a view screen so that everybody yeah. can see what he's seeing. I mean, I guess that's what's happening because I didn't catch that part and I thought just they just I magically... watched it twice because I couldn't figure it out. I thought this was really strange, but apparently they can like all see on some sort of screen what Xavier's like, what's seeing going in Bishop's on and head. They... 
Yeah, and they see, like, the death camps and the Sentinels taking over, and mm-hmm. they see that the world is destroyed, and Wolverine just screams, he's a faker! Yeah, I was like, how is he faking this? Like, and this then, is in his head, and Jean touches Wolverine's shoulder, and she goes, I can sense that he believes it's true. And, like, Wolverine just does this weird fucking smile, and I assume it's because Jean touched his shoulder, but I don't know. I mean, probably. I, d- I noticed that, too, but I thought maybe he was smiling at, his, at himself because then it cuts back to the screen and we see Wolverine yeah, running around yeah. killing I, people. I, I, and, Wolverine... and then Wolverine like has a boner for himself because he's like, it's me and I'm the best and I'm I... in the future. <laughs> what do like... you guys think? Do I look good? I look he's, fucking I know. good. He literally looks at me like, look at me. I don't even lose my hair. And I'm yeah. like, he's, he's like, like my pulling hair like a fawns and... over here and he's like running like, you know, hair gel through his hair because mm-hmm. he, uh, that's the only way his hair can fucking look like that. It's amazing. It Either is that amazing. or he just never washes it. I mean, I don't know. Anyway. Um, and then Xavier has a little fucking monologue where he's like, I have seen the future. We have failed. How can it be? A world condemned to darkness. And it's all our fault. And it's like, yeah, Xavier, it is. Fuck yeah, you. pretty. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> thanks. But then Cyclops is like, maybe this is a trap. He's like, we're going to fight this. I don't know what's happening. It could be a trap. It could be real. But we should like make a plan. And Wolverine's the one who's like what the fuck no you guys are buying this bullshit and jubilee is like well the weapon is like super fucking weird so that's like already like not normal wolverine just like throws it out of her hands and he's like do we really believe that an assassination is going to take place that we're going to ruin the world and one of the best x-men is going to trigger it and like bishop's little eye watch goes off and wolverine's like what's that is somebody <laughs> stealing your car for the future yeah. you, i actually love everything wolverine has, says yeah in here, i like he's these just lines like, it, which only made me more disappointed that, like, other parts of the episode were bad. Like, basically all of Bishop's stuff is bad. But Wolverine has some great lines. I mean, yeah. And then and then Bishop just goes, well, someone or something is coming through the portal. And Wolverine just says, check, please. I know. <laughs> I thought that was really dumb, but I still laughed. It was, I like, a very too. 90s joke to just say, check, please, to somebody. Like, it's so, like, you never hear anybody say that anymore. I mean, well, yeah, right. But this, in the 90s, that like, that was a thing. It's like, what, remember, yeah. like, when you were done with talking with somebody, you You'd would be either like, say, check, please. You'd literally be like, check, please, talk to the hand, because the face yeah, ain't listening. talk like, to that's, the hand. I hope somebody on the X-Men says talk to the hand at some I really point. hope it's a Wolverine, like, specifically. And he's just, like, holding it up and, like, bobbing his hat I all hope sassily. that happens, but I could see Rogue saying it as well. I anyway, mean, Rogue would be the most... She's the person That was, like, something that could it. actually happen. Yeah, exactly. So, anyway, Professor Xavier's like, let's help this dude. And Bishop's like, I don't need your help. Which, I'm like, why, Bishop, what is your purpose in life right now? I don't understand what you're doing here. And the Wolverine's like, I'm going to go with him because I don't trust this whack job. And, like, Cyclops is like, okay, let's go. And then they, like, are in the sewers magically. Like, there's just, like, no, it just cuts away. Yeah, there's no the transition. Sewers. I don't even know if it's the sewers or if it's up. I, don't, I wasn't really paying that they're much attention. They're just in some random area that's good for fighting Nimrod, because that's what they're about to do. They right, fight he's, Nimrod. He's, like, holding his little scanner gun, and, like, Cyclops is looking through it, and it shows a door. And Cyclops is like, there's a door here. And Bishop's <laughs> like, that's a time portal. And Wolverine goes, oh, yeah, I thought I felt a shift in the planet's alignment there. Yeah. I didn't know what if that was a joke or what. I don't know. I think it was. I think it was his chin being sarcastic. And Jubilee's like, well, who came through? Bishop's like, not who, what? And then Nimrod <laughs> flies in. And everyone just kind of stares at it. And like, even Wolverine's like, you mean that tin can? Like, what the fuck is that? And then Wolverine gets bitch slapped by a laser. Yeah. 
it's really funny. Everybody does. Everybody gets like immediately owned by Nimrod. I don't even understand what's happening. Like, like some Nimrod rocks like, just like throws fall a out bunch of, of rocks on Storm immediately, and instantly Cyclops runs over and he's like, "Storm's claustrophobic." And Bishop is like, "Nimrod already knew that." And it's like, uh, "What? Okay, fine." <laughs> so it's and kind so of Cyclops like is like busy moving guy. rocks out of the way, like one by one by himself. And I, Nimrod's I mean, not attacking. It works him. because Storm just like steps out casually and they're like, "What do we do?" He's impervious to weapons and storm goes he has not yet felt the power of the elements hail fill the skies with rocks of ice and it's like storm just recited like the by definition in the dictionary of what hail is mm-hmm, like it's mm-hmm. just like flew up in the sky and then like that doesn't work and bishop is like try freezing him and because Iceman isn't part of the x-men storm has the ability oh my God. To, like, so she like Iceman freezes everything powers. and we get like a shot of nimrod like goofily slipping around like this terrifying mutant is just like slipping on some ice like, like comically being like wow it's like legs are spinning underneath him and it's like playing the I mean they have to like make it like a kids show still like it's too scary otherwise right, meanwhile Jean got knocked out during the fight and Wolverine like wandered off to save her because Cyclops was busy saving Storm oh and right so I forgot about that and Wolverine Wolverine's is like, like carrying Jean out of the way of stuff and being like eh, maybe now Jean will finally fuck me but probably not because we're not dating but. we're not dating but maybe scott will i don't know <laughs> uh so yeah. they like behead the uh they, well no they freeze nimrod and then they behead him and they're like yay we did it and bishop is like no he's gonna reform himself and wolverine's just like great if we're gonna believe this dude then doesn't that mean one of us is the assassin and like that's that's when they go back to the danger room right they're having this whole i i, I, I can't follow this episode but they Went yeah, back like all of a sudden, expansion. like they're back at the X mansion again, and they're all like in the boardroom again. Yeah, and-, and Wolverine says, "Which one of us is the assassin?" And Cyclops goes, "Not Gene." And Gene goes, "No, it could be me. Remember my dark past?" And I'm like, "No." what dark past you're doing dark phoenix in two seasons, so like that hasn't happened yet. I thought that was weird. I was like, "Does she already?" no like what i don't understand i don't know and then Storm's but cyclops like, shuts up so i'm kind of like all right maybe she like is having phoenix dreams all the time and we just don't know about it yet <laughs> that'd be really funny if that's the case it's like she's just like she's just having out. phoenix dreams for like six or seven years and then eventually finally turns becomes the phoenix. phoenix that's kind of like how the movies went yeah anyway then storm is like okay so it could be any one of us and we all have yeah. dark sides to us because we're like <laughs> None of us X Men are like the 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 people that should represent society because we all like were ex criminals like all of us except I mean, for maybe Cyclops. I mean, she doesn't Cyclops. say any of this. Ryan is saying that she yeah, just yeah, yeah. says we all have dark sides to our souls. And then Wolverine interrupts her and he goes, "Speak for yourself." And I was like, like "Wolverine, you're the king of having a dark side. <laughs> you're the one who like fucking writes. You're so emo in this show. You're like crying and like touching pictures of like a girlfriend and boyfriend, and then you like." <laughs> run away to alaska and, and then don't you, like, tell anybody where you're going right, and you're because rolling you like, around. can't handle emotional attachment yeah and, and you're rolling around in the snow with your ex-boyfriend screaming about your past and then you like look it onto the moonlight and write a fucking poem and then you go and kill a bunch of people come on but it doesn't matter because <laughs> rogue like, walks rogue, in and I she's like who's so this hard. new fella <laughs> i know rogue first rogue struts in she like leans sexily against the wall She's like, my, my, don't y'all look serious in here? And we've got some company, too. But then two seconds later, Gambit also struts in super sexually and throws himself all sexually against the wall. And then Gambit's like, 
everybody can relax. Gambit is here. And, I, and I that's just, literally his line. I wrote it down. I love that. I, I love loved that Gambit came back to the X-Mansion from, I guess, just a casual visit to Beast. Like, it's not like he's coming back from anything. No, he's not. And I just love that the both of them, like, took turns walking mm-hmm. in like they obviously were coming down the hall together because they were like two seconds apart so like did they plan to like each have a separate entrance and like apparently so like Gambit spread was their like, legs a little I'm bit i'm gonna wait until last and after rogue does her sexy entrance i'm gonna, I'm gonna do, do my sexy, sexy entrance he wouldn't even see my he'd be like i'd do gambit's sexy entrance yeah you're right he would say it in the third person but anyway then as soon as bishop sees gambit he suddenly freaks out and he's like that's the assassin because he like before this moment was like I have no idea who the assassin is. He couldn't be anyone. But the thing, when they left the future, right? They never said who the assassin was. Like, so they never gave Bishop any. There's no way that he like knew that at Uh, all. uh, Somehow now he does because this episode (laughs) isn't quite well written enough. Like, I just, I don't know. Anyway, that's that's what happens. And then Bishop screams traitor and shoots his gun we don't see what he hits because it just goes credits and we get treated to this awesome credits screen i don't know if you've watched it but it was like a character select in all 3d of all the x-men except for jubilee she got the shaft they got to all them then they go over to jubilee and then it was like just shut off (laughs) i I guess i'll go back and watch it i didn't check it out and it was playing this cool music it was like and then it became porn Um, (laughs) wow there's like a whole x-men porn that i didn't stay stay (laughs) it was like a video game porn of the x-men anyway uh, you should watch that but that's where the episode ends well it's, it's an a episode. two-parter so it's like yeah. fair that they would have i don't know this act this episode was written by a woman i um, saw that too and i was i i was excited for that because like a lot of the show is actually written by dudes because it's i mean that's just it's still an ongoing problem no i know and i mean there were parts of it that we really liked i do wish that they had done a better job writing Bishop. And I, I, mean, I But see, I think the problem with this episode is also trying to condense two separate post-apocalyptic storylines like, into like 20 that? minutes. And I, I, they didn't need to make... They just... I mean, it would have been easier if they just like didn't do Days of Future Past and just did like Bishop's origin of him being part of a, like a concentration camp and then eventually going back in time and like stopping an assassination. That probably would have worked better. But throughout this series, Bishop... And even the comics, like, Bishop has this ongoing thing where, like, he's he's so cool looking, but he, like, he's always coming back to the present to, like, stop the thing that triggers the terrible future mm-hmm. of the X-Men I mean, universe. We're going we're gonna to talk about Bishop's whole deal and, like, the yeah. Hope storyline and stuff in a bit. But... but, like, this is the thing he does, is that he, like, never quite gets it right. I know. <laughs> he's always, like, trying to kill the wrong person. He just always ends up on the wrong side. So, like... so it's just, like, I mean... I don't know if I necessarily blame the writing in this episode because I think this is just Bishop as a character is that he just like his motivation is is all fucking out of whack and he like doesn't like understand his own motivations and he doesn't it's he always keeps on fucking it up. So I don't know. Uh, Yeah, I mean, like either way, let's talk about politics. So just in terms of the politics of Bishop's character, like there's other characters of color, like in X-Men, like we have Storm in this episode. And and so it's not like he's the only black character, but like I wasn't crazy about seeing a whole episode where like the only black character and like one of the few black characters in Marvel comics that's like well known is like 
goes back in time to New York City, commandeers a car, has a gun, tries to kill all of our favorite characters. Like, it wasn't great optics. And, like, I do realize that some of that is part of Bishop's character, but they could have at least had him seem remorseful as opposed to what they did, which was give him amnesia and make him seem like (laughs) a complete idiot the entire time who's just bumbling around killing people, doesn't even know who he's supposed to kill, makes impulsive snap decisions, doesn't seem like a smart guy like i didn't i didn't yeah, like he, any like, of that he and goes, i didn't like remember that bishop was portrayed in this way i don't know i was disappointed yeah by that. he's like making snap decisions he's going to the mall and just like buying shit that he doesn't <laughs> need and then he just like buys a car and he's having a midlife crisis like his midlife crisis is just him time traveling he can barely afford that floating motorcycle <laughs> <laughs> i mean i think this is the problem here is, and again, I don't think it's this particular series. I think that it's pulling from the origin of the comic books. I mean, where, partly, but I think yeah. they could have. I think it's also just like 90s politics where like if the show is written now, maybe it would be a little different. But like back then, it wasn't that uncommon for black characters to be villains. Or to, to be, be fair, be... they were trying to make this African-American dude be the hero of this. Like he, like he's stepping up and he's the one that's going to save the world. But like. Yeah, it just, he's, and I don't remember part two super well, so like I don't maybe either, some different so. stuff happens and we'll see. But like, just as an introduction, I feel like if we were going to rewrite this episode, I would have given Bishop, like I get that this is a storyline, but I would have tried to give him more moral complexity throughout it and had him yeah. constantly no, be I, questioning I himself more that. and being like, is this the right thing to do? I know I have to stop the assassination, but I don't really know what I'm doing or like give him a motivation to actually join the rebels, which is like a good thing for him to do. We want him to join the rebels. Right. So like let him actually join them as opposed to just like being a dick. I don't know. He's like also could benefit from the idea of like having amnesia and be like, why am I supposed to kill this person? And instead of like immediately attacking that being like the plot beats, just change his line so that he's not like an idiot and an asshole. Like just basically just rewrite his lines i don't know yeah um i mean also there's a whole point that nimrod is not very threatening but again it's what they're like pulling from like these early 80s comics so like yeah just, I, and I, I, I was like willing to get on board with it just because like this is the politics section and like given the time period that we live in now i'm spending a lot of time reading news about neo-nazis so watching like a show about internment camps and like new york becoming a, an apocalypse was very Realistic. I mean, it's a kid's show, but I was definitely, like, thinking yeah. about that, you know? I know, I was thinking the same thing. I was like, oh, this is, like, post-Trump's America, great. Yeah, so, so I was just, I don't know, I was thinking about that while I was watching it, and just, like, you know, the history of internment camps in America, and just things we've supported that we shouldn't have supported, and, I mean, we haven't seen the rest of the Days of Future Past thing, but, like, the idea that people could get political power and make decisions in ways that are not acceptable like i don't know that's kind of what days of future past is about it's like i know you're right but that's not really explored in this episode it might be in the second one i don't know introduced slightly because we know that the sentinels came to power because of trask and like we already know what happened with them so we're looking at this and we're like why are the sentinels back how did we get here so i'm gonna spoil ourselves a little bit because i do know that in episode or in season that's the second part of this, right? Mm-hmm. The person that they're trying to assassinate or the person who gets assassinated is Senator Kelly because he rises to power and becomes like this awful dictator or a president. Mm-hmm. That's how this post-apocalyptic world comes to be because he like relaunches the Sentinel program, right? Yeah. And then like the X-Men try to prevent 
that right but, but they but they you know it's like they try he relaunches the sentinel program and so once when he came into power he was like all right i'm relaunched i'm going to create these things that will take all these mutants and kill them or put them in concentration camps exterminate them systemically yeah yeah and, yeah but i mean the sentinels end up going out of control anyway because like once you start doing something like that it i mean it's it's kind of like real life right now with like certain political parties going out of control right now being inspired by certain yeah political i mean parties. if you if you start out by being like let's just have a really racist immigration policy and then like take that even a step further and like start imprisoning people who even try to come here and then like yeah. take that a step further and like make work camps or whatever i mean like that's kind of how those things happen is like racism eventually becomes policy anyway i'm thinking about it a lot lately so it was like weird to watch this episode and be like yeah i agree this is sad but i i still enjoyed the episode it was still really fun to watch wolverine like be wolverine and sort of live in this fictional world where right. you can imagine that wolverine is going to be there and like <laughs> everything's gonna be okay because yeah, wolverine's right. there but unfortunately we don't actually have wolverine in our world anyway I that's my did. emo takeaway if, if my, wolverine was my in this Rome world dark side takeaway of this episode ah uh, now you watched the episode and you just i just start. have a dark side and i'm just so sad about the state of the world that I'm just going to become an, a dark angel. <laughs> I don't know. I don't fucking know. I, I mean, there's not a lot of politics in this episode yet, but I can tell that those concepts are getting set up. You know, yeah. that's all there. The groundwork is being laid for this. Right. That's pretty much the politics. Like, there's not a real lot else hap happening other than unless, unless you count, like, potentially someone within your group working for the other side somebody yeah, that you know I was about and trust to bring that up. that's the only other thing is like bishop bishop's decision to work with the sentinels because he thinks it's going to keep him safe i mean yeah. that's like a real thing that people do I, um they it's, do. It's, it's sad like, it's like a sad thing to see represented in a kid's show but it is real for but I mean, like marginalized people saying, to be like they're gonna pardon me for a while because you know i'm just i'm just getting rid of the bad mutants they don't see me that way i'm right, right. respectable they, they think that i'm one of them because i'm turning my own people in so then it becomes like who can you trust type of thing so yeah and I, it is, it's not just bishop it's also gambit in this like the two of them are like morally in the gray area apparently yeah i mean well gambit they kind of start to introduce that a little bit with the jail scene which is sort of interesting where like beast is kind of on his moral high horse and being like i'm not going to escape the jail but it's fine if everybody else wants to break the law remember how gambit is kind of above the law and like we're kind of supposed to be remembering i think in that scene that he's, <laughs> he's like remember how we we don't talk about gambit's past you remember that remember how we don't talk about like <laughs> Yeah, he's a criminal. We don't mention it in front of Gambit. I think it's making him a little crazy. A little, it's making him a little stir crazy right now. Somehow Rogue doesn't know about Gambit's past. It's kind of weird to me that like the X-Men don't know a lot about each other, but it's also kind of nice because it's like, oh, right. They're like just starting out. There's I, some, like, I had in this... sort of forgotten how much of the first season is like the X-Men getting to know each other in a way. Right. You know? And they're like, in this, they're portrayed as like, their early 20s maybe yeah so they like like rogue still doesn't know everything about gambit yet which is weird but right there you go uh and i don't think there's anything else about politics in here other than it's kind Guys, of freakishly camps are bad yeah that's, like that's don't the let them happen don't like let racists rise up and think that like don't get like a group of people that are like bigoted and give them power and yes. 
it definitely be the X-Men in this scenario. Because in this, I think it's like Senator Kelly gave them power. And then when then they turned against Senator Kelly, right? Yeah. Like that's what's happened. And that's how this future is happening. Guys, this is like real life right now. It's getting yeah, too it's a, real. It's a, identical to real life because, you know, of the killer robots roaming in our streets. Right. JK, it's Don't not worry, like real though. life, they always but say, it's an allegory, and it's it's a prescient allegory and a scary, sad one. I just looked over at my window, and I just imagined like what it would be like if I was just casually having a podcast, and then suddenly you see a giant robot head just like lean in to check on you. God, that's terrifying, right? It, it is. doesn't. It doesn't matter that they look stupid in the cartoon, <laughs> but the the concept is like pretty terrifying. It is. I mean, I mean, this is a kid's show, but it's basically portraying a police state like the equivalent in our world would be like military check ins on every corner, like right. constantly checking your ID and being like, if you shouldn't be here, then you could be killed. Like, that's how police states work. So yeah. it's like that, except that then the robots eventually got out of control and it becomes sort of a funny sci fi story where it's like, oh, yeah, they're just killing anybody now. And they're and it's, big and goofy and they're, and they're big and purple, and, purple and, pink. and who cares? And it's yeah, fine. Right. But, like, in the real life, you know, power goes unchecked and it's just human beings being yeah, pieces and, of shit. And in real life, it's that little robot from the 80s that takes over the world. Yeah. We've got to prevent that from happening, by the I, way. What is that robot called? I should know what it is. It's like, I think it's called, like, Alpha. Oh, my God. Is that what it's called? I'm going to look it up. We, oh this God. is really All important. Right. The rest of the show is just us Googling different fucking robots. It's called Alfie. I was, I mean, I was close. They said like Alpha. Yeah. Alfie. I knew it was Alf something. Okay, so oh, he's got I like. I have seen this before. Did you Google it? I mean, I just Googled 80s robot Alfie. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's Nimrod. Wow. You put in your, you put in the little cards and you like play like a trivia game. This what? is really important X-Men information. Why do I know what this is? Maybe I just saw yours. I've, I don't know. I mean, I don't possibly know. it's like it's it was big. It was famous. It, they were probably still floating around when you were a kid. So like maybe. But we didn't have one at my house. Well, missed opportunity. Honestly. Your mom would probably have been like right on that, too, because it's like educational. We had other stuff. We had the like we had that cool robot arm that could pick stuff up. What? That was cool. Yeah. Oh God. Now was it I'm like a Sith robot arm? Up. <laughs> This is what our show is, guys. It's I mean, it's X Men and oh also nostalgia it's toys. The, okay, it's called <laughs> the Armatron. Hold on, I'm looking it up. Oh my God. Okay. What are we doing this, this right now? After okay. this, look up the Armatron. I did not have this, but I do remember it. It's awesome. That's what we had. Anyway, let's <laughs> talk about some X Men history, shall we? Okay. You ready? Yeah. X-Men robot. Except we're not doing I mean, robot. I guess it could be if it was like Cable, but that's not what we're doing. I mean, we could do Who's That Mutant? Because sometimes we do who's characters that aren't X-Men. that? Oh my god. Avenger! Are we doing it again? <laughs> no, oh we're not. my god, no. No. <laughs> who's that guy? Alright. <laughs> like you, would you like to tell me about Bishop? I don't know. I don't know if I can. Alright, so his full name is Lucas Bishop. So like, that's... he. Bishop isn't even his code name. Bishop it's just is his, his superhero name. name and his real name. Right. And his his mutant power is energy absorption and redirection. So kind of like what Sebastian Shaw does. Um, he's also got superhuman physical body, which I don't really know what that entails. But I guess like he's well, probably he's got like kind of like that Captain America thing. Yeah. He's, like, like he's really like kind of a super soldier. Yeah. And he also has the ability to know his present location wherever he goes, which is not true ah. in this episode. <laughs> 
<laughs> Maddie, are you dead? Did you just like fall out of your chair? I'm just laughing because it's such a stupid power, first of all, and also because he's so dumb in this episode. But anyway, continue. <laughs> all right. So he was born about 80 years in the future after or like, at you know, in the Marvel Universe, it's like 80 years into the future of the Marvel Universe. Yeah. I mean, good luck charting that out yeah. because, it, you know, it's already God, I, we don't even the know. Timelines of Marvel are. It, fun well also he comes from a future that he then prevents from happening so like but he isn't yeah. erased from history and like then the apocalypse we'll get to that in a second all right so he was raised in a mutant concentration camp with his adopted grandmother who took him and his sister shard away that's where they end up winding up and he was branded with the m on his eye for mutant and after his parents were killed he was taken by a man named lebeau it's blatantly gambit <laughs> Uh, who was the last person to see all the X-Men alive. And he said that Bish's adopt, adopted grandmother had taken him away from the X-Men and she was the alley of theirs. And it's just like really vague bullshit from Gambit, basically. But basically, like, there's some relation to the X-Men here with him and, like, Gambit. And then at some point, the anti-mutant X-Humes, I think that's pr- it's pronounced that way, kidnap his sister Shard and Bishop decided to join Xavier's security enforcers, which are like basically what you saw this, like the rebels, the vigilantes running around and mm-hmm. they work together to save her. And then both Bishop and Shard join the security enforcers and Shard surpasses Bishop because she's really smart and good at what she does and immediately becomes the youngest commanding officer while he's like still trying to fucking figure out how to do it mm-hmm. um and i think she i think she comes into this show at some point if not the next episode but i know eventually she does appear and she's a pretty sort of like obscure character so anyway that he's working for them and then during the capture of trevor fitzroy which is a villain in the future bishop finds a recording in the old danger room of the x-mansion and it's gene gray talking about a traitor within the x-men so then bishop approaches the guy named lebeau about it who just vaguely says like vague statements and doesn't actually give him any like answer he's like well it could be somebody there definitely not me but they died somehow <laughs> yeah I, but don't worry don't worry it wasn't actually Gambit who killed him we're gonna we're about to find out that too so trevor fitzroy eventually breaks out of the prison cell that the enforcers put him in and he makes a time portal back to the 90s which is what this episode's about and bishop chases him through it and then Bishop meets the X-Men. He doesn't believe they're really the X-Men at first, because, and he fights them. I don't know why he doesn't believe that. It's just, like, again, Bishop being an idiot. I know. And he recognizes Gambit and the younger as the younger version of the guy, LeBeau, and he fights him, too, screaming that he might be, like, the murderer. But then he just, like, eventually joins the X-Men. Bishop is like, well, I don't know what happens and who dies and, like, this and that. So he just assigns himself as Xavier's bodyguard, except he does a shitty job because, like, Cable's cloned brother, Strife, comes in, like, mortally wounds Xavier almost immediately. He's Bishop is just like, and this is what I was talking about. I was like, I know in this episode he seems like an idiot. However, but he's kind of an idiot. Yeah. Like, or at least in these early comics, I guess he was. Well, no, it just kind of continues that way. He's like, I mean, I guess he's trained to fight, but he's really good at, I mean, really bad, actually, at making judgment calls of any kind. I mean, I, I feel like some of the later comics that I have read, they do a better job of just making him seem like a person who fucks up. I guess as it's, it to, depends on who's writing him, right? It does. I mean, yeah, that's kind of true of everything. Um, but anyway, keep going. So Bishop is like one of the only time travelers who ends up remembering the days of future past universe because then it changes and then it becomes the apocalypse future and like he's he's a time traveler who understands the future keeps changing and he keeps on trying to go back and fix it and there's like this whole thing where like he comes back in time and he like 
tries to stop Legion, you know, Xavier's son from right, right, right. from murdering Professor Xavier to stop the Age of Apocalypse from happening. And, you know, Bishop works with Magneto to make it happen and they do stop him. But then it doesn't matter because then fucking it turns out that Professor Xavier was the assassin. <laughs> and But it was like technically not him because it's actually the consciousness of magneto and xavier mixed together into onslaught remember in the last episode when i was yes, talking about i was about to say we talked this about is, this last this time is, it was during that era where nothing made any right, sense right it's during the era of franklin richards or legion and apocalypse running around all with a million of abilities to change reality mm. I, I know it's it's fucking stupid but bishop manages to destroy onslaught onslaught by just absorbing a blast that's shot at him and he shoots it back at him and then he kind of stays with the X-Men. And in the early 2000s, Bishop was the founding member of the Extreme X-Men team. And this goes back to Destiny's Diaries again, where they, they had this huge long run where they were trying to find the books of Destiny. And if you're a listener who likes this TV show and has not read a lot of the comics, I highly recommend the Extreme X-Men. It's from like 2002 or something to like 06. And it's written by Chris Claremont. And the art is fucking beautiful. And it's like... A team up of like Bishop and Sage and Storm and Rogue and Gambit. And they're just like fucking brutal. And it's so good. I definitely recommend it. And then after that, he or I actually think it's around the same time. He does this thing where he joins the FBI and becomes like undercover, like an undercover cop in this place called District X, which is essentially like a mutant ghetto town. And it's like all the bad mutants live there. And so he's like sort of <laughs> undercover. But it was written as part of the I think it's it was Marvel Max or Marvel Knights. I don't forget what the actual thing was called. But it was that thing where they tried suddenly writing like comic books for adults. And that's the same sort of that's where like the current version of Jessica Jones comes from is from the Alias comics. Oh, yeah. OK. And it's it's the same tone and idea, except Instead of Jessica Jones, it's Bishop, and they were sort of happening at the same time. I don't remember if they ran into each other, but these these were the comics that were a little bit more brutal and um, included more cursing. Like Jessica Jones, basically. I mean, it sounds cool. It I've was. never read those I, ones. I, I kind of wish they would do it again, but they did this sort of trial where they did a bunch of stuff like that. Obviously, they did well enough to make a TV show about one of them. Yeah, I I still don't really know how they landed on Jessica Jones as like the Netflix character to choose. Uh, I mean, obviously, they have Daredevil, who's like better known it, It's because but... Jessica Jones was a show that they were trying to get off the ground. The specific production team was trying to get Jessica Jones off the ground when this comic, the alias comics were being made and that was like over a decade ago and they kept on pushing it to network to network so when they finally got into netflix they couldn't put like carol danvers in there and they switched it to like trish walker instead but they already had the scripts written by like women and stuff so like they've been they've been ready to go for like a full decade wow that's like sad in a way like we could have had jessica jones a decade sooner yeah and it took netflix to be like a, a production team that was like or not a production team a network that would be willing to take a risk and keeps continuing yeah. to take risks i mean it's Netflix cool it's cool great. that we have like luke cage too yeah and i agree it would have been neat if there was a bishop series well but... uh, maybe if it was the district x series it'd be right, good exactly. but if it's like that's what idiot bishop like, goes back in time like, in is like who scene? am i like <laughs> well they can't do that because anytime bishop goes back in time he runs into all these other like expensive x-men properties i know i know uh okay so Bishop thinks that he could save the future by killing Hope, who is like the first mutant who appears after M Day mm-hmm. and is running We've around with Cable. A little bit. Yeah, and so these are all the Bishop comics I've read. 
And I actually liked Bishop based on these because they're like really morally complicated. I mean, yeah, because basically he he's like, okay, if I can kill Hope, that means I can undo everything that happens. I can undo my parents' death and I can undo me existing. But at least I don't have to see my parents die and everyone else die if I kill this one kid. Yeah, but he has to kill a baby. And like, apparently this is when a lot of people stopped liking Bishop. And I'm like, what's to like before this? Well, I mean, clearly. (laughs) Uh, And so eventually he gets in a fight with Cable, but they're interrupted Mm -hmm. by Predator X, which is literally... Like, you know, Alien versus Predator. It's that Predator, except with, like, the name X tacked on at the end, um, who tears off Bishop's arm. And I put a parenthesis here. Bishop is constantly going back in time to prevent the bad future from happening, and he never really gets it right, which I've said. Um, yeah. Uh, so Bishop keeps trying to kill Hope, and he he keeps failing. At some point, he enlists the help of Cable's evil clone twin, Strife, for them to go into the future where they overthrow apocalypse and then wait for cable and then apocalypse shows up with the x-force and cable and they all just like easily defeat both bishop and strife and then bishop like turns against strife and then strife turns against bishop by giving hope up so like he can't kill her it's so stupid um and bishop gets <laughs> bishop goes back in time and like reconstructs his arm and then there's this like whole series that I think this is what you're referring to when Bishop tries to go back and kill Hope again. He keeps on like yeah. chasing her through time, yeah, and like and trying like to kill them. Deadpool and Wolverine, yeah, and like all Cable that shit. And Hope and Domino. It's like all my faves are hanging out. Yeah, pretty in those much. Ones. I know that you're right. And then Cable damages Bishop's time traveling watch and then sends him into the future and sends him to like a barren wasteland with a red sun and bishop can't go back in time and he tries but his like fake arm explodes off instead so he's just stuck in the future and you don't really see him again but he does give this monologue that makes no sense about how he's like you know i was always a second father to hope all this time (laughs) okay i don't think i remember that part (laughs) it's like to be fair all of these comics may have been bad i read them a while ago you should i mean i i suggest we reread all that but basically i read them when they came out and this was like during the weird time period when i was reading a lot of x-men comics and you weren't for some reason and like i i remember like telling you about it at the time I, you know what i like, i know okay. I, I know i said that he wasn't reading them but i definitely read all these i mean i think you caught up later probably yeah. no i th- yeah you're right i think i did like one of those things where i just like read the fucking like compilation of all this yeah, afterwards. Yeah, yeah. uh guys I, I i did enjoy them at the time but i recommend them gently because i don't i don't remember if you them, if you cause... want a version of bishop that's actually good like like i said find the old extreme x-men series from the early 2000s and district x because those were really good up until i think a couple times recently i think that was sort of when x-men was at its peak again because like the movies were x-men one and two had just like been released and so like they mm-hmm. were really good and i loved all of them and chris claremont came back and he's a great writer so uh, anyway so to finish this up um he like basically says that he's like hope's second father because he was like all involved with her entire childhood by chasing her around and like and trying to kill yeah, her yeah so there therefore became part of like how she ended up growing up because like it, she'd been trained to get away from him i don't know it doesn't make sense and then time goes by and bishop does come back from the future and he literally is like i'm back but it's because he's possessed by like the demon bear from fucking new mutants demon bear is like the Thing, the villain that haunted Daniel Moonstar, and I believe he's the villain in the upcoming movie, the New Mutants movie, also. Oh. Yeah. 
And it's like going to be like a horror movie as a side move. All right. And, sure. But anyway, so Psylocke forces the entity out of Bishop and Storm uses the opportunity to like have one of the psychics or whatever, like repair Bishop's brain so they could get their old friend back without all this craziness of him trying to kill Hope. And eventually he does remember that his vendetta against Hope, but like doesn't act on it and ends up protecting her from strife. And that's pretty much where we wind up is that like he finally stops being an idiot i guess maybe but that's i mean this is where we're at like nothing's actually been resolved for him so yeah that's good though i mean i i don't know i think i remembered him as like being a better character than he was like now that i've heard it all laid out it's not great no i <laughs> I, I was telling i okay that's why when we were recording this i kept up being like no, i you're right. don't know I if just... it's really a, a, whose fault it is because if the comics of him he's still sort of I, an idiot i feel like he, there are moments when he's well written though and like i think it's not i think he's like one of those characters that's supposed to be like he's a soldier and he's a he's really good at being a soldier but he like cannot it's not like he can be anything beyond that like he can't be a lieutenant or a commander or anything because like sure. he just can't make those calls and he doesn't have to, he needs somebody to give him direction without that he's just fucking he's lost yeah yeah and that's like a tough character to write but i feel like what is appealing about him at least to me is like just this idea that's like a common idea which is a character who keeps traveling back in time and trying to fix something and keeps fucking it up yeah but it's not presented as like a comedy like back to the future or whatever it's presented as just the endless tragedy of bishop's life yeah and he already had a traumatic childhood like he basically grew up in a mutant holocaust like he's had like the worst life and that's what he's trying to prevent he has a noble goal which is like trying to prevent everyone from having to live terribly the experience that I he know. had and like that is a really cool character motivation that i definitely was like i can get into this like the stakes the dramatic stakes are like really high for this character and even though everyone sees him as a villain he is ultimately trying to save them and it's kind of magneto-esque right because it's like his methods are bad but like his motivation makes sense and so that was why i liked him but i get why people don't like him because he like basically is famous now for running around trying to kill a baby and like <laughs> i recognize that that's like not ideal <laughs> and like i don't know i it's it's tough and i i just remember that that was why i liked him because i thought he was like a morally complicated character and like i could even kind of understand why he wanted to kill hope at the time yeah. you know but anyway it, it's not i it's like if you look at it the big picture it's like oh he's just an idiot I, like, I, that's that's kind of like how i feel especially after i was writing up all the character notes on him and being reminded of all these arcs where he just runs around and makes all these mistakes and that sucks but it, because but like, I, think, I, I think there's i think there's something there like i think there there are well-written bishop stories and like his motivation is good sure but i also think it all plays into him as a character where like you know like as i said he's a soldier and without any direction he's lost but i think that's kind of like what they're saying that he's lost he's lost literally in time like he's just constantly lost and he's lost on what to do he's lost on what century to be in like he's just like he's a character that's been lost to time if that makes any yeah. sense and it's not even like he has a home to return to which is really tragic i know because, because he's like, she's already changed the future into other futures or that that could be he much even worse want to go back to that future anyway yeah because that's exactly what he's trying to prevent but then it's like then he belongs nowhere right i don't know i i still think that's a cool concept it doesn't mean it's been executed well but like I have some hope for it, and I don't know. Hire me to write a Bishop TV show, Netflix. I'll do a great job. <laughs> yeah, she will. Um, <laughs> I mean, have you seen Gina? Wait, that you didn't write really that. Weird I wrote that. If, 
<laughs> that would be really weird if I somehow ended up writing a Bishop TV show. Like, if that was somehow, like, the, the thing that my life was leading up to. Anyway. <laughs> you could that have, would never you happen. You could even get to write She-Hulk. Yeah, why don't I get to do that? Yeah, you could write a phenomenal She-Hulk. It, I would be so good at it. Just don't let a man write it, because then it'll be, like, fucking Ally McBeal oh with superpowers. Which is kind of like right. what that Wonder Woman pilot was like. Oh my god, that terrible TV pilot. Nobody <laughs> talks about that anymore. But there's a terrible TV pilot for Wonder Woman out there that just be glad that it never got made. Yeah, anyway. it features what's her anyway. name that played Mockingbird in Agents of Shield. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's bad, and it, I don't. It, that's not what this show is. No, it's we talk about Marvel anyway, here. <laughs> um, we can talk about who's gay. Speaking of yeah, She-Hulk. let's do it. She-Hulk is gay. You know what I'm going to say? You know what I'm going to say? You, it's obviously There's only one couple. It's obviously really. Bishop and Wolverine. It's fucking obviously those two guys. No, it's actually like Nimrod and Wolverine. Or <laughs> Nimrod, and Nimrod and Bishop. I and and uh, Bishop. I can't even remember anybody's <laughs> Nimrod name. and the Sentinel. Mm-hmm. They're into it. The Sentinels and each other. The two Sentinels at the beginning. Yeah. They're, they're, that. So they were actually on a date and they were like sitting there having a picnic like on the entire island of statue of liberty until these mutants interrupted excuse me yeah it's actually a tragic story about those two sentinels just trying to have a romantic evening they don't even want to work for nimrod they're just trying to like live peacefully in the post-apocalyptic world nimrod oh my god i keep forgetting he's even in this episode his name is nimrod how can you forget that because i just i'm like trying to take the show seriously and if there's like a pink and white robot named nimrod who's just randomly (laughs) there then i'm like no his name is actually on that note, like, why is Nimrod pink in this show? <laughs> While we're in the gay section, like, why is Nimrod like a queer-coded robot? It's really weird, it's and I feel like also maybe like they the did horses. that to do make feel, him less scary. Maddie, do you feel attacked right now? I do. I feel very attacked right now. All right, well. It's offensive to me. But anyway, they make it up to me by having Bishop and Wolverine be fucking on screen. Like, constantly. Just the whole episode. Like, Wolverine it's... keeps on checking out bishop's crotch and bishop looks at his butt there are like they spend a lot of time bishop, on like, top goes of each other to the past instead of wolverine and he has no motivation to even join wolverine except if he wanted to fuck him like it's like why he doesn't he do even that? get like any of his memory back until wolverine's mounting him he's like oh i remember this dick yeah rookie rookie rookie's the name rookie <laughs> rookie's like not even like what he's calling bishop it's just like well, let's go have some rookie yeah. rookie it's their pet name for each other yeah I don't know. It's like some weird like role play that they do in bed. Anyway. Anyway, there's not that many characters to speak of in this No, episode, but I definitely felt so. that was that. Otherwise, otherwise it could have been like Wolverine and that Sentinel that like felt him up. Yeah, you're really into the Sentinels grabbing the X-Men. You always notice <laughs> when it happens. And I'm always like, yeah, I mean, I guess well, that okay, happened. So on, but on, 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 I feel like this was like a formative experience for young Ryan. Sentinels I, grabbing well, speaking of various which, X-Men. Uh, in our sister podcast, Warcraft Valley, we are, we just finished <laughs> episode two. But it's our it's with our other childhood best friend, Katie. And we're rereading mm-hmm. our fan fiction universe that we created. And we're just about to start the X-Men section and so you can go listen to the other two episodes at warcraft valley on podbean 
But yeah, you should definitely check those out for more of Young Ryan's it's like, sex fantasies. Oh god, I mean, like speaking of sex fantasies, I think in the last episode I like had sex with Brooklyn the gargoyle and then like refused to come out of the closet. Well, there was so, a fan uh, fiction like, that you wrote where your self-insert character had sex with Brooklyn yeah, exactly, the gargoyle. Exactly, but uh, unpack any of that, I don't know. But the point being is that in the coming episodes, there the Sentinels do show up in those fan fictions, and there's lots mm-hmm, of like mm-hmm. weird Sentinel tentacle porn for like no real reason. It's just there. Oh, I think we know the reason. The, the reason is that you were into it. I mean, the, yeah, they like punch a hole through the ceiling and like grab one of the like Wolverine or Gambit and like strip them and just start probing them and like everyone stand there and be like, we don't know what to do, but watch. <laughs> 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 yeah this is this is the kind of fan fiction that ryan was writing at 13 good shit go check it out uh anyway so you can find that there but that i felt like that was a good time for that plug right if yeah definitely it, it right there's in. a lot of crossover potential there well, especially when there's like wolverine to know. and bondage but yeah i i have to give it to the bishop and wolverine i i'll ship them for this episode yeah i don't even have an honorable mention other than i guess fucking nimrod, nimrod. oh my god his name anyway. is alfie not nimrod you're right. You're right. His name is Alfie. Alfie. <laughs> Alfie. Alfie Five. Alfie. Notable gay character. Alfie. Great representation. Love it. Thanks. Thanks, Marvel. Just imagining like Alfie the robot from the '80s just being like a representation of like queerness. And Bishop is like, he's gonna kill us, and it's just Alfie like sitting there. He's like, That'd be amazing. He's like, what's one plus five? And everyone just. I mean, screams. that's basically what this episode is. <laughs> like Nimrod isn't intimidated. Anyway, we already covered it. All right. Let's. Do we have any reader mail? We do. Give me two seconds. We we, we can rate the episode first. Oh well, we don't we don't have like a decision on when that happens. All right, well, let's like, let's just do it now because I'm pulling up the reader mail. Um, so we do. It could be one out of five X's or whatever, and I'm gonna give it like a three out of five. I laughed. Yeah, I enjoy it. I think I'm gonna give it a three as well. It's like it's an episode that like I can watch and like. I don't know. I, I might even I, give I it don't... a three point five. I I was I I I enjoyed it. Like I obviously had a lot of problems with Bishop's portrayal, but again, the source material is a problem there too. So it's like, what are you gonna do? Right. I did like um, the dialogue a lot, and I know that too. sometimes it was a little clunky, but I felt like mostly Bishop's dialogue. But like, I thought Wolverine's Wolverine was, was so great. funny. I thought Jubilee was really funny. Like Gambit's line at the end made me laugh. I, yeah, for I like love the fact that like Rogan's. Hour. Gambit like both came in and were super sick. Like I felt these characters were like all very much their character and were talking in a way that I felt was like realistic. If that makes any sense. Like I, a lot of the time in these X-Men TV shows, they just talk and they like, they all sort of monologue in the same way that storm does. But I feel like Wolverine in this was like so snarky to the point where I felt like it was a believable way to talk and i felt like whoever was writing jubilee's lines like understood how a teenager talked in the 90s yeah i mean i i liked it i think i think it was good i think the challenges of the episode were like pacing and overall organization and that might have might not have even been up to the person who wrote the episode yeah they they were probably just facing a challenge of like i need to hit all of these story beats within 20 minutes yeah, and, it's, and like, it's tough that is really hard and i think so for what they could do because they try compressing two massive storylines into like 20 minutes i think they did what they could i think you're right that some of bishop's lines could have been written better but i don't think that's the writer so much as like the source material on this character 
has always or even made like him the sort writers of idiotic. Room deciding like this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna have Bishop lose his memories, even though it's like wildly implausible. But you're just gonna do that. Yeah, because... pretty much. I mean, I enjoyed it. It's. I, I don't think it's one that you could skip because I think it actually does tie into like the next, at least the next episode, but maybe the one after that. I'm not sure. Definitely the next. Oh one, yeah, you can't sure. skip it. You're stuck with it. Yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, it's not important. the Colossus one where like nothing is relevant at all. Oh God. Yeah, I already forgot about Remember that, that episode. episode about Colossus. Remember where that he just, Colossus and Juggernaut episode. Just like walk through walls and like do is like did I do good? Alright, anyway, um let's do reader mail. Uh so the first reader mail is from James and he writes I think it would be cool if you guys did the X-Men movies in addition to the animated TV shows. Sincerely James you're in luck james yeah that's exactly <laughs> what we're doing uh and Yay. you probably heard that at the beginning of the episode but yeah um <laughs> you're welcome and then we have another email from someone named kitsu and this person writes hi ryan and maddie the mutant ages is one of my favorite podcasts and definitely my favorite x-men podcast out there i've been a huge f- x-men fan since i was a kid and even named my daughter after jubilee you go Aww. that's fucking <laughs> awesome Keep up the that great work. Awesome. P.S. No one does care for the about the Fantastic Four. The only reason I knew about Storm's costume <laughs> change powers was because I was rereading the Phoenix Saga comics. <laughs> Whoa. See, throwing some just throwing down on previous weeks of, of corrections. Everybody just like throws shade at the Fantastic Four, though. Fuck that. Oh, I know. Fuck and that's them. deserved. They're like fucking... I just think it's funny that some people either don't know anything about Storm's costume change or they do know about it and they're like really excited. Yeah. And either way, we support you. Whether you're a person who happened to know that fun fact, <laughs> great. If you didn't happen to know, that's also completely fine because clearly we did. Also, this person so. named their kid after Jubilee, and that makes me that's so fucking, fucking happy because obviously Jubilee, Jubilee is, really is like my number two favorite X Men. But I think it's funny that you keep mentioning the numbering system. <laughs> did I? T- I don't for... think I even said that Cable was on there. Like Cable's like number uh, yeah, fourteen. You did. did I? Okay. Yeah, because we did the cable episode, and I think you had made your Google Doc by then when you had like rated <laughs> everybody. But okay. I don't remember. There's a fun story where I messaged Maddie in the middle of like a work day. It's like, just so you know, <laughs> I made a Google Doc of my top twenty X Men so I could unveil them throughout the show. And Maddie's like, "Is this what you're doing with your time?" Like. <laughs> but then on the other hand i was also willing to play along because you wanted to tell me what they all were and i was like don't tell me what all 20 of them are don't tell me ryan reveal them to me as they are revealed and like so i'm willing to play along with whatever stupid shit we're doing it's like literally doing it for myself (laughs) anyway but it's also for me it's entertaining me (laughs) that's true i mean i've been entertaining you in the weirdest way it is maybe entertaining our listeners i hope so but no they hate us they they actually aren't listening to this anymore um no way there's one more email that's from ray and it's a little long but like there's a lot of good stuff in here so uh, he writes hey maddie and ryan you guys killed it this week really funny episode i lost it on the gambit explosive cum bit as you can probably (laughs) tell also matt also maddie has this awesome laugh when she's losing it and it just cracks me up more some thoughts and notes i had i'm finally on board with you guys about how much of a douche bag xavier is can't really argue it at this point i'm glad that we're yeah i'm glad this started with me telling maddie and then she didn't believe me until she watched the show look it's because it's been indoctrinated into us all that professor x is like this hero boss who everybody's supposed to respect like as children we all thought that so then i was like what are you talking about professor x is a good guy and then i like finally realized that i was dead wrong and like ryan showed me the light i I did i'm like one of those people that strictly loves the x-men but is team magneto otherwise 
so he continues. I think famine was the one that made the French dudes starve. Probably. Not that the, yeah. uh, the script or show told us that at all. The end of the last fight with Magneto and Apocalypse in the Age of Apocalypse storyline is one of my very favorite panels in a comic. Just a fun note. And he goes, Vulcan is the missing Summers brother. Oh, that's right. He was Vulcan. He was raised <laughs> in the Shi'ar Empire. And unlike Scott and Alex, whose powers can't hurt each other, he can hurt them both. I just like Vulcan's just like such a stupid character. I, I'm sorry, Ray, if you like Vulcan, but like I'm I just... vaguely remember all this. I, I don't know. But anyway, uh, lastly, the length of the show is great. You guys have a lot to say, and it, it would suck for the listeners to miss out on something due to time constraints. Sorry for how long my emails always are. I just enjoy the show and appreciate you letting me be a small part of it. See you next time. Ray. Yay. We had a... Well, I'm glad that people like I, our show. I, don't I know. like it when people write in. I also want to say that we got a tweet on the mutant ages we actually get tweeted at a bunch but there's one that uh, i want to say it was where rogue i think it was where rogue I, I could be wrong where rogue is a fan yeah hi where rogue <laughs> if it, it i believe that's who it was and because i i had written a tweet from my personal twitter where i was like remember when i used to do insomniacs in the morning with maddie i sort of missed getting up once a week and like talking shooting the shit about like food and yeah. what we were watching that week we could talk about stuff that wasn't x-men yeah. from time to time yeah we basically if, and if you're a new listener we have this other podcast that we don't do anymore but you can find it on but Atomic we did Blue it for Productions. like the entire year of 2016 so you can still like go yeah listen yeah, to yeah. it's up on itunes it's on atomicblueproductions.com but it was just like a show literally about nothing it was just like we were trying to come up with a reason to motivate us to it wake up it was a up. morning show yeah we would wake up early and we would talk yeah about early for us was like 9 a.m and we were yeah. late every single time um and it was a live stream too but like you know i was talking about how i missed doing that because like it was motivation to get us moving at least one day a week and it did overall help us it actually did i like i was significantly helped by that show existing yeah me too and it like helped with like anxiety and some depression and so anyway the point of this show thing is i was like i kind of miss doing that although i do have this really awesome new podcast about the x-men with maddie and somebody i believe it was where rogue re- responded you know, I miss it too, but the show is really great and I'm actually enjoying it like more than I was expecting to about the X-Men. So good job. Yeah, I really enjoyed that tweet as well for the same reason, which is like maybe we're helping people who didn't really have any opinion about the X-Men to like be interested in it by trying to entertain what, them in some yeah, way. Yeah, and I also really appreciate the people that were Insomniacs fans and then transferred over to this show. So thank you, listeners. Yeah, I mean, thanks for giving it a chance, especially if you don't care about the X-Men, but just enjoy hearing what we have to say Although about you probably should care, You probably care about them now if you're like this many episodes in. <laughs> or at least you like us enough that you're like willing to come along for the ride. I don't know. Probably. At the very least, we can all agree Professor Xavier sucks. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the life lesson here is Professor Xavier is a fucking dick bag. He's a bag mm-hmm. of dicks. Like, just yep. like he just opens his mouth and so many dicks fall out that you can't even believe that somebody could fit that many dicks in there. Oh my God. The dicks aren't even attached to anything. Well, obviously. They're just they're like just disembodied. They're like Mr. Potato dicks. You could like move them around and stuff. Sometimes you put them in your eye socket. I know. That's truly horrifying, Ryan. <laughs> Let's move on. So that that is reader mail. Uh, and you. <laughs> <laughs> this has been reader mail here's a professor xavier vomiting out a bunch of dicks oh my god what is what all is right. this show all right so we did it that's the end of the show that's apparently the image we're gonna leave yeah, you on before we go into image. our plug section is somebody gonna like oh my god you can email us fan mail of that now speaking of plugs i was gonna, i was gonna say professor x's 
but mouth. Blog, I don't know. I was gonna <laughs> oh say God, I, I, I was gonna say email us because I want I feel more like emails. Every every time I've started to like make butt plugs jokes during the plug section of our show, and like it's really not that funny. I, like I don't uh, know you, why well, you basically, I started doing. You this. start doing it, and then I like finish it every time. I I'm just saying. You're like, like you're always to like, the listener. You're always like uh, a but but, but 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 and I'm like butt <laughs> plug. Because I'm actually just a child. I, know, like, I was going to say, like, we're going to forever be teenagers. I mean, we have a podcast about the X-Men, so. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we we are resigned to our fate of just still being 12 years old. I mean, I'm anyway, okay with that. I've got a it's job. It's time for plugs. All right, okay, so first so, of all, email us. Email yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. Send us some, some listener mail, like what we just got, at themutantages at gmail.com, and we'll read it on the show and answer any questions you have and compliment the divine names that you choose for your children. Yep. And if you, like, decide that you have any questions, like, about, like, uh, the X-Men or, like, some, that's how we feel about an X-Men, uh, we're open to that, so... Yeah, I mean, you could ask us questions about pretty much anything, but if you want it to be applicable to the show, it should probably be about the X-Men, yep. but yeah. Uh, and you can also follow The Mutant Ages on Twitter at The Mutant Ages, and you can mm-hmm. follow me at Ryan Pagella and Maddie. And I'm at Mitty Myers on Twitter. Yep, and we're on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher, so if you're not following us on one of those, do that. And also leave us reviews. I do check the reviews section because reviews, I the more reviews you get, the more it... Um, generates yeah, and other people's and feeds. ratings help too so if you're if you just don't have time to write a review then at least try to give us a rating yeah. but it's awesome to have reviews and they're so nice and they're fun to read so so yeah please do that and you can check out our youtube channel which is atomic blue productions where we post x-men clips and other weird shit that we make so that's yeah, worth clips checking to out. do with all of our other projects which by the way are all done under the auspices of atomic blue productions which is the name of our podcast slash video production company and we have a patreon for that and it's patreon.com slash atomic blue productions and you get really cool rewards like behind the scenes stuff and like copies of songs that i write for the shows that we do and maddie's been and- like making so many songs lately i don't know if you've been listening to let's watch two movies but she like made like a bunch of additional <laughs> songs i also recently made a song for this show about wolverine going on a date with ryan so there's all kinds of fun oh stuff yeah was i supposed to do part three of that i don't remember no because that ended with like apocalypse like sinisterly laughing in the forest or something i don't remember there's no wolverine dates ryan this episode sorry no but there might be in the future and there is a theme song for it that you can get oh my as god a if we they'll probably come back when we watch the x-men movie and i just we both re-invoke like all of our like teenage feelings for like storm and wolverine oh my god nobody even knows but i like had such a crush on storm as a kid it was like bizarre anyway and i know this is gonna come as... we're gonna do the live action x-men movie and we're gonna yeah talk and about i know it. this is gonna come as a huge surprise to everyone but i just like surprisingly had a crush on hugh jackman as wolverine wow that's shocking i know i wasn't expecting it either wow i i I don't i don't really get it honestly i don't really see the appeal but just kidding of course i do i'm a human being with a libido (laughs) every every person is like it's like nobody could deny wolverine anyway support us on patreon if you have a sex drive you're into hugh jackman if you have a sex drive support us on patreon (laughs) oh my god what's happening all right also fun little x-men facts i have my archangel uh Funko Pop sitting here because I was taking pictures with him. Like I was taking selfies with this like little thing. It's awesome. And 
I love it. I also went and like cleaned out my old childhood bedroom and got my storm figure. Oh my god, recently. you did do that. I forgot about I that. I should take some selfies with the storm figure. We should just take selfies with all of our X-Men figures and like people will be like, can these people get lives? Like, what the fuck? No, they'll love it. We're like, excuse me, our, our entire show. lives is about making podcasts and taking pictures with our action figures and sometimes going to the beach. Yes. That's I mean, it. That, that's all wait, we that's do. actually an accurate statement. I know, like none of that was a lie. <laughs> anyway, on that note, this is the end of our show. I'm going to read more X-23 comics. I mean, not X-23, all new Wolverine. Have you read those? Yeah, they're really good. Yeah. I definitely recommend those. Anyway, we'll see you. See you next time. time. The Follow us at AtomicBlueProductions.com. Or support us at patreon.com slash Atomic Blue Productions.